Chapter Twelve, Part One of The Nightland by William Hope Hodgson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Nightland, Chapter Twelve, Downward of the Gorge, Part One. Now I carried the mate an hour downward of the gorge, as I did say and I was then grown so weary that I near fell as I walked, and stumbled every while, because that I had lost somewhat of guiding in my feet, the which did show mine utter alackness. And I saw that I must come very swift to a place for slumber, or that I did be like to fall headlong with the maid, for I nigh slept as I walked. And I began that I give attention to the sides of the gorge, and surely I had gone that hour all in a dream, for I was fresh waked, as it were, in that I did give my will to perceive aught, and when I did come to have power to attend I knew that I had gone even as a sleepwalker, for the gorge did seem a fresh matter unto me, and as that I had come awake sudden to find myself a walk in that strange and narrow place. And presently I saw somewhat where I did be for I minded the memory of mine outward journey, and truly I have a good power to know and remember a way that I have gone. And I saw that there was a great and ruddy fire-hole anigh to me, and I was all sure that I perceived certain caves in the wall of the gorge, near to that fire, as I passed it on mine upward way. And I have been given a mighty longing of heart at that time, that it be given to me that I should bring safe mine own out of the peril that beset her, and have her unto just such a place for her slumber on the way of our journey backward. And surely I tell you this thing as a child in pleasure, for truly it was a wondrous happy matter that my desiring should be like to have a true ending, as indeed it did seem was truly to be, if that my memory had set me aright. And I went onward somewhat, and, lo, I to be right! for the little caves did be there, a little past the great fire-hole, and there were seven of them in the left side of the great cliff of the gorge, and one did be as that it were very cosy and a place of sure safety, if that we could win unto it. And truly, as I did conceive, we had come safe from the evil forces of that land, but yet did I mind that there was no surety in this thing and neither did I know but that some monster should come downward of the gorge out of that land, and so work our deaths as we did sleep, if that we have no sure place for our slumber. And, indeed, I had wished that we were come a greater way downward of the gorge, but this might not be, for I was all adrift with weariness. And, truly, if that we get upward to the topmost cave, there did be few monsters that should have power to come at us, ere we be warned of their coming. And afterward they should be like to come upward against the discos, and this should be indeed a thing difficult, as you shall conceive. Now it did be needful that I wake the maid, and I kissed her, as she did be in mine arms, and surely that dear one did kiss back again in her sleep, and was yet asleep, and truly I did love her with all my being and I kissed her again, and shook her very gentle, and so had her to wakefulness, and told how we did be come to a place fit for our slumber. And she to look about very sleepy, as I set her to her feet, and then to upbraid herself that she did over to slumber, the while that I did labour with her carrying. And in verity I kissed her again, 
as she did stand making to steady herself, and looking so pretty with the sleep that did lie yet in her eyes. And she to kiss me very dear and all mine, and even then scarce proper come to wakefulness, and did say with something of a little dear abandon that she did love me utter and forever. And afterward I climbed to the topmost of the caves, and told mine own the while that she walk up and down a little, so that she come to a full awakenedness. And this I was careful to, because that she should have a need of all her powers that she come safe upward unto the cave. And when I was come to the cave, lo, it did be so sweet and dry, as did make glad my heart. And there did be warmth in the cave, as that there went a fire somewhere through the rocks anigh. And the light from the fire-hole did make a reflection inward, and so this did seem a place safe and fit to our slumbering. And I came downward unto Nani, calling that the cave was very proper for our use, and presently I gave her mine aid to the climbing, and so we came in the end safe into the cave, and truly we did feel very safe and happy. Yet before we did sleep, I set free the scrip and the pouch, and took the straps and went downward again into the gorge, and I got a good boulder, so heavy as I might carry, and strapped it to my back, and came upward again to the cave. And the maid very grave and anxious, lest that I slip to my hurt. And when I was come to the cave again, I set the boulder in the mouth of the cave, and did balance it so light upon the edge, that a touch should send it rolling downward. And by this devising I conceived that any beast or monstrous thing that should climb upward whilst that we slept, should be like to set the rock adrift, and mayhaps the rock to work and harm to such, but the chief end to be that I should be swiftly waked by the noise. And then I did turn that we go to our slumber, and lo, the maid had spread the cloak upon the rock that we should sleep upon it, for truly there did be no need that we have it now to our covering because that the cave did be so warm as I have told before. And surely there did be no cause either that I should have the cloak for a bed, for how should I perceive any softness from the cloak through all the sternness of mine armour, but yet did I see that the maid had made a couch that should be for the two of us, and did be so sweet and natural, and to lie by me, but yet to preserve her sweet modesty, and to do the thing with no thought, save that it was natural to our hearts, and that she did long alway to be anigh to me, but yet mayhaps scarce full conscious that her heart did prompt her in this thing. And in verity I loved her very dear. And surely Nani showed me the where that I should lie upon my side, and when I had obeyed she kneeled and kissed me on the lips, very sober and loving and she laid down then upon the cloak beside me, and truly we had both gone to sleep in one little minute, as I do think. Now I did be waked twelve great hours laughter by the fizzing of the water, and lo, when I looked the maid was not beside me, but did make ready our simple eating and drinking. And she laughed at me, very sweet and tender, because that she loved me so, and did be so glad to have me awake to her and she came over to me and kissed me, very bright and loving upon the lips. And after that she had kissed me, she kneeled beside me and looked at me, very dear and tender, 
so that I knew in a moment that she had waked a while gone and watched me, somewise motherlike, as I did sleep. But how I knew this thing I am not sure, save that my spirit did know, or that her thoughts did have tongues unto mine. And truly I needed that I be so loved, and all of you to say like with me. And I put up mine arms to her, as I did yet lie, and she did not deny me, but came into mine arms, and did snuggle there so sweet and happy and gladly, and with so true a delight, that it did be plain how she did love in all her body and spirit to be an eye to me, as I to her. Yet truly, as you do mind, the armour did be upon me, so that I feared to take her very strong in mine arms, lest I hurt the dear maid, and surely the armour did be a stern matter for her to nestle unto. But yet, mayhaps, did the sternness something please her woman-heart, and yet again, mayhaps, to lack. And presently she made that she would go from me, and I loosed mine arms from her very ready, because that I did heed alway that she have full sweet liberty of her dear maidenhood, and I to be watchful sufficient unto this end, yet always honest and wholesome, and not over-pondering, even in this my care and this proper intending you shall ever perceive, if that your hearts do strive to hearken unto my heart, which doth speak alway before you." And the maid went from me, over to where she had put the cup of water and the tablets, and I to make to rise, that I looked that the boulder did be safe untouched in the mouth of the cave. But she called unto me that I lie backward, for that she did mean gently to spoil me that once and that I have no heed to the boulder, or whether there did be any monster or beast anigh in the gorge, for that the boulder did be safe as I did balance it, and nowhere is any creature to sight in the gorge, for she had looked oft since waking to this end. And truly I obeyed and lay back, and did like that I should be spoilt as we do say. And Nani brought the cup of the water and the tablets over to me for she got them from the scrip before I had it to my pillow, in that while when I had gone downward for the boulder. And surely, even when she brought the cup, she would not have me rise, but took my head upon her knees, and kissed me once very dainty on the lips, and I very happy to be so loved, and wishful no otherwise. And she took a tablet, and kissed it, and gave it to me, and afterward touched another to my lips, and had that to be for her own and so we eat and were very glad and happy, some ways, as children are happy, and our hearts all at ease. And presently we eat each our second tablet in the same wise as the first. And truly I did be kissed more than once, and afterward we drank each of the water. And when we had made an end, Nani told me that I moved to stand, and surely I wondered, and I stood up, and lo, I near cried out with the pains of my bruisings, for I was all gone stiff in my sleep, and as that I did be more sore than ever, and this to be because I had fought again, as you do know, and surely had been hurt more by the four-armed man than I had known. And I perceived then that Nani had supposed that I should be thus pained, and had given dear thought to the matter, and truly she had the pot of the ointment ready, if that I did be very bad, that she rubbed me. And she gave me aid with mine armour, and afterward eased me with my garments, 
and surely I did be utter bruised in the body by reason of the violence of the yellow beast-man. And the maid had somewhat so tender and sweet in her eyes as she looked upon the bruisings, that I did be very happy and to glow with contentment. And she had me to lie, and made me in comfort with the cloak, so loving and grave, so that I was as a child that doth be cared of by his mother. And she did rub me very skilful and gentle for a great hour, until I was all refreshed. And in verity she was a lovely wise maid. And as the maid ministered unto me, I lay always very restful, and hark to the low sound of the muttering of the fire-hole that did be in the bottom of the gorge and alway I did feel as an happy child that doth be clothed in love and guided in wisdom. And presently, when that the maid had ended her dear care, she put by the ointment and gave me her hands very dainty, that she mean to aid me to rise. And surely, when I was come again to my feet, I was all eased and to have movement with no great pain, and truly this made me wondrous pleased and to feel new-couraged for I had been troubled that I should be so helpless, in that I did be the protector of mine own. And when I had tried my limbs, and found them to be in command and ready, I looked about for my garments. And lo, the maid brought me my spare body-vest from the pouch, and had it upon her arm to give to me. But surely she denied me a moment of the vest and stood before me, and had an admiring and wonder very sweet and honest, because that my arms did be so great and hard with muscles. And indeed I did be very strong, as you have perceived, for I did be alway in affection of the exercises that were taught in the upbringing of all the peoples of the mighty pyramid, and by this explaining you shall understand that I was like to be strong, but indeed I owed the straightness and shaping of my body to the mother that bore me and afterward, in all my life, had I taken pride of my body to be of health and to have strength, and surely this is a matter very fit for pride, and to be told bravely and with honesty. And the admiring of the maid was very sweet to me, and in verity I did be to deceive if that I said otherwise. And in a moment she dropped my body-vest, and put out her hands to me that I take her into mine arms and I took the maid into mine arms with a great gladness, and with somewhat of humbleness, that I was nowise good enough to hold her, for my heart was young, and I loved her very dear and youthful. And she did lie there very quiet and happy a little, and surely I did find presently that she kissed the great muscling of my breast, very sweet and sly, where her face did press against it and lo, in a moment she came free of mine arms, and gave me an aid with my garments, and afterward with mine armour. And when that this was done, she stood off from me, and she looked at me, half shy and half of sweetness and naughtiness. And she came then in a moment, and put her hands upward to my shoulders, and so stood her eyelids something down over her eyes, and did steal a little look up, this time and that and lo, in a sudden moment, before I did what, she was to her knees before me, and did weep, and I down very swift to kneel with her. And I asked her not why she wept, for I perceived that she did have joy and glad happiness and sweet trouble of her man, and that she did be a true woman, and one part of the woman did worship, 
so that she did be strangely humble and nigh to be shy, and another did love and need that she be an eye to me, and a third to have a calm wisdom. And all did now be a tremble together in her heart. And I knew that I did be truly an hero to her, though but usual to all others. And my heart was wondrous proud and wondrous humble, so that I was in the same moment upraised and to feel dreadly unworthy. But I made no pretending to discredit myself to her, but only did resolve that I win alway her dear respect, and I did be natural and truthful of my manner and without foolish denial of her sweet worship, for she was utter mine own, and it did be a pitiful thing if that I seem otherwise than an hero unto her. But of you I ask kind understanding, and to call me not a thing of conceit, because that I did understand. For truly I knew my faults, even so well as you, that do know all of my going. And you to look backward upon the love-days, and to mind how that your maid did ever to make you great in manhood with her dear belief and uplooking, and so shall you conceive of all my feelings for we do be all so human in this matter, and to meet on a dear natural ground, as you will say. And truly, in a little time, mine own did be steadied, and wiped her pretty eyes, and nestled to me a while, very hushed, and to need that she be close. And I to have her gentle against mine armour, and to be in my heart, as that I did be her father and her lover in the one man, and surely to be silent and joyful that I lived and presently I slipped her shoes from her little feet with my right hand, the while that she did rest within my left arm, and I condemned myself that I had thought not more swift to this end. But indeed I had thought upon it while that Nani rubbed me, and had intentioned this wise, but afterward forgot, as you shall understand, that had been with me alway. And truly mine own did be hurt that I say aught to my blame and I to cease, but yet to feel reproached by my heart. And when I had looked to the maid's feet, I tied on her shoes again, and we got together our gear, and afterward we came down from the cave with a great care, because that it did be so high up in the cliff of the gorge. And afterward we made downward of the gorge, and had a good care to our going, and so much of speed as we could make, that we come something off from the dark land of the lesser redoubt so quick as we might. And in six hours we had gone very well, and we stopped then that we eat and drink, and afterward I looked again to the feet of the maid, and I bathed them in a great rock basin of warm water that did be a nigh to the place of our eating, and afterward I put the ointment about them very thorough and gentle for a good while, and so she had some ease and comfort and afterward we made onward again, but now we did go pretty easy. For I had considered the notings of mine outward journey, and so did perceive that we should be but six or seven hours off that part of the gorge where did be the slugs. And I was minded that we rest and sleep, ere that we make through that dire and dreadful place, for that we should be twelve great hours and more to go through and to have no rest or pause, until that we did be safe outward again, as you shall think. And so did we need to be strong and well rested, and this to be wise also for the feet of the maid. 
Now surely the maid did be in delight of the fires of that part of the gorge where we were come, and she had beside a rest of the soul, in that she had feeling that there did be no evil force to trouble us to our destruction. And I bothered her not yet a while with tellings of the horrid place that we should to journey through in a while, as you do know. And so we did go, and alway with a good caution, lest that some beast or creature should come upon us. And alway with the fire-holes before and behind, and in the air of the gorge the little whistlings of steam that did spurt out in this place and that, and a good warmth in many parts by reason of the fires, and odd whiles a smelling of sulphur, but not greatly, nor to our trouble and alway the low muttering of the fire-holes and pits, and the red lights, and the dancing of the shadows, when that we did go by a fire-pit where the fire did frisk and burn lively. And upon either side the grim walls of the gorge going up measureless into the night. And so we were gone presently pretty comfortable for six good hours since last that we eat. And we made halt and eat and drank and I showed the maid how that we should make a short journey that day, and sleep, and so be ready to the horrid journey through the dark part of the gorge where the slugs did be. And we made search then that we have a safe place to our slumber, and surely I perceive where we did be, for we came upon that same cave where I did sleep after that I was come free of the slugs, and that we were come no farther doth show how easy did be our present going, and this you do know and there did be the spring where I washed, and the fire-hole and I, and truly they were not like to be gone away, as you shall say. Yet did we exclaim, very natural, for the maid did be so deep an interest of the matters of my coming, and to be at once that no other place should serve for our rest and slumber. And indeed this was a natural thing, and the place so good as any, save that I did wish it had been upward unto a high place of the gorge, as you shall understand. But yet might we block the mouth-part of the cave with boulders, somewise as I did before, and so to have a defence against any thing that should make to enter upon our sleep, or at the least to be waked by the falling of the boulders. Now my own went inward of the little cave, which did be very light from the fire-pit that was to the front, but before that she did go I made a swift search of the place, that there should be no creeping thing and truly it was sweet and free. And the maid did be strangely taken that she should come to the veritable place where once I did lie on mine outward way. And truly I do understand, and so shall many that do have these feelings about matters. And afterward we went into the hot spring that was in the hollow of the rock anigh to the fire-pit, and I saw that there did be no snakes, neither any of the rat-things anigh and so I had the maid to sit very comfortable on the side of the pool, and I freed her shoes and bathed her feet, and afterward rubbed them very steady with the ointment, and so for a good time and alway to keep a looking out upon the gorge. And presently, when that I had taken a loving care of her pretty feet, I tied the shoes again upon the maid, and so back to the cave, and the two of us to carry boulders according to our strength. And when we had a sufficient, we builded a rough and clumsy wall, after that we were gone into the cave, and the wall rose nigh to fill the mouth of the cave, and made us to be somewise in darkness, but yet to feel in safety. 
and I had a good heed to make the chinks of the wall very close in the bottom, so that no small creeping thing should come through unto us whilst that we slept. And afterward Nanny set the scrip and the pouch to be for my pillow, but had the bundle of her torn garments to be for her own purpose. And I perceived that she had the water-powder and a pack of the tablets to her hand for our waking, that she might prepare our food, and mayhap to wake a little before me so that she have all ready to greet me from my sleep. But, indeed, I said naught to show that I knew, for I saw that this thing did give her a dear pleasure, and truly it was very sweet to have her to these gentle duties, that did be to her so sure and quiet a delight. And mine own bade me that I lie, and she put the discourse upon the outward side of me to mine hand, and with a dainty and fearful touch for the weapon did be very dreadful unto her thoughts, but yet a comforting thing to abide for our defence. And afterward she covered me with the cloak, and kissed me very sedate upon the lips, and then to her own side, and to come very nice and happy under the cloak, and so to her rest. And presently she did sleep, as I perceived by her breathings, and surely it did seem to my spirit that she had an utter and dear content in this arranging of our slumber, so that she did be all at peace in all her being, because that she did be nigh unto me, that did be her own love. But, indeed, I could not sleep for a time, and surely, in a while, mine own did nestle unto me in her sleep, so sweet and dear as a child, and likewise as that it did be her right to be so anigh unto me, and I to be that I should put mine arms about her. But indeed I moved not, neither did I kiss her, as I did wish. For truly I should be very manly with mine own maid that did be so trustful and utter mine in her sleep. And presently I was over unto slumber also, and stirred not for eight good hours, and did wake then to the hissing of the water, so that I knew mine own was awake before me, as she had planned, and was making ready that we eat. And when she saw me move in the half-light, she gave out a little word of joy, that I did be again to knowledge of her, and she came over and put her arms about my neck, and kissed me very loving, thrice upon the lips. And in verity it came to me in that moment, that I had been kissed a while gone in my dreams, but scarce to know it. Yet I perceive now that my known had taken a naughty advantaging of my slumber, that she kissed me to her own pleasure yet did the maid say no word of her naughtiness, and I to be likewise, but to resolve that I waken perhaps on the next time, and so catch her in her sweet and secret delight of me. And truly this doth sound quaint, but to be true. And I rose and took down the half of the wall that did be across the mouth of the cave, and afterward looked out but there was no sight of any horrid thing in the gorge, save that one of the rat-things did slumber, very gorged-seeming, upon the side of the little fire-hole. And afterwards we eat and drank, and the maid then to rub me as before, for I was greatly stiff on my waking, as you shall think, but she came not into mine arms presently, as I did hope, but only kissed my shoulders when that she had finished, and so bid me to dress. Yet after that I was dressed, and had mine armour full upon me, she must come unto me, and she slipped her two small hands into the one of mine, and so stood by me very silent. And sudden she put up her lips very quiet and passionate, that I should kiss her, 
and she kissed me once, as it be as that her spirit kissed mine, and all her being came unto me. And she gave me but that one kiss, and afterward slipped her hands very gentle from mine, and made to the gathering of our gear. But truly, I that loved her so great, knew that a tumult of love did be hid in her heart. And indeed, she looked once at me in such wise, that I grew near to a true humbleness of heart, because of the honour and love that did be in her eyes. And surely it is a very little thing to die for such an one as mine own did be. And by this saying shall you perceive my heart in that moment, and that I did pant, as it were, that I do some deed of love to show my love. And truly this is but a natural desiring and human, and the cause proper to the uplifting of manhood. And surely you shall all mind you of such feelings in the past love-days, that I do pray should be never past. And when we had our gear together I left it in the cave and took mine own over into the hot pool that was anigh to the fire-pit, and she to exclaim upon the rat-thing that did be yet a slumber upon the side of the fire-pit, and I to say that the thing did be no cause for fear, but rather indeed a good friend, in that it was a devourer of snakes, as you shall mind. And while that we talked I bade the little feet of Nani and surely, as I dried them upon my pocket-cloth, I was taken that I should kiss them, and surely I kissed them, and they did be very shapely and dainty, and all eased of travel by the care that I did take to this end. And afterward I rubbed them with the ointment for a good while, and so had them again into the shoes, and the maid very quiet, after that I had kissed her feet that did be so dainty but yet with a sweet naughtiness in her way, as my heart perceived, though she did nothing, neither said anything, to this end, and was truly very obedient and orderly to all my wishes. And we went back then to the cave, and the maid put the pot of the ointment back into the pouch, and she buckled the pouch and the scrip upon me, and the discos I had upon my hip, for I went nowise anywhere without it, as you shall suppose and she had the little bundle of her clothing for her burden, and truly I was ready that she should carry so much, for we did be to act wisely, and she well able to carry so small a thing, and I better to have my hands alway free to the discos and to the needs of the way. And we went downward of the gorge at a strong speed, for there did be somewise of fifteen hours good journey, ere that we come out upon the far side of that place where the monsters did be and this did be three hours to the upward beginning of that place, and twelve hours' journey then, in the least, that we should take to go through again into the light of the gorge below. And this I did reckon from my notings of mine upward journey, as you do know. And I made all clear to the maid, of the thing that did be before us, and made not to hide the danger and horror, but yet to make not overmuch of the same and she to walk close beside me, very sweet and trustful, and to say that she feared naught, so that I should be there to have care of her, but only that she did fear harm for me, and yet to have confidence that I should slay all hurtful things that should be like to trouble us, and truly I did kiss her for her dear belief and love. Now in the middle part of the third hour the air of the gorge did begin that it was heavy, and to have a seeming of fumes that stang something upon the throat odd whiles. 
and there were presently less of the fire-holes, and soon, as we did go the more downward, the beginnings of a great gloom, and to have smoke therein that made us to feel husky. And in the end of the fourth hour we were come truly far downward within the gloom, and to be as that we groped in a fog of distaste, and to know not how we went with any surety. For oft there did be an utter darkness about us, and a while the shine of a dull glowing fire-pit upon our sight that did show us the gloom and dread of that place. And we went alway very hushed, and the maid to my back, but I did halt now in this time and make to know how she did be and surely she whispered very brave to me through the dimness, and once did slip her hand into mine, and I to take off mine armoured glove for a little moment that I hold her hand and give her nice assurance. But in verity there was terror in mine heart, that did be a terror far beyond the trouble of mine upward way, and surely I was shaken newly with every danger, lest that I should lose mine own, or she to come to any hurt and indeed you shall perceive how I did be, for so should you be in a like case, and in truth it doth be an utter anxiousness and suffering. Now when we had been two hours in the dark part of the gorge, I smelled of the dread and horrid stink that you do wot of, and surely a great fear came upon me, for I perceived that we did come among the monsters, or that one came anigh to us. And I whispered unto the maid that she halt, and we stood very hushed a while, and surely the stink did grow, and to be very dreadful in the nostrils, so that I felt mine own maid to shake somewhat with the fear and disgust that this thing did make in us. And presently the stinking did ease somewhat from about us, but whether there had gone past us a monster slug I have no sure knowing, for there did be no fire-pit anigh to that place, so that there was a great darkness all about and surely there was a great slowness and wetness of the air, and dismal drippings that made desolation in the silence, and the feel of strange growths upon the boulders, as you do know, and oft and horrid slime and dankness, and the stink to be everywhere, so that we knew a constant disgust and fear, and alway the fumings of sulphur that did seem, in verity, to beat down upon us, utter heavy, and sore upon our lungs. End of chapter 12, part 1